Can you talk about just kind of what the the strides you, you guys have made, what that means to you personally and, and the, the team as a whole? Yeah, I mean, this is definitely a building block. Um, obviously, being able to play a team like this who, you know, we all have tremendous respect for, um, who've been there, done that. This is definitely just something that you build on. Um, I mean, we had a good season. You know, we were the third seed. We were, stayed relatively healthy. Um, I think playing against this team in the in the first round was a blessing and a curse. You know, you could learn a lot. Um, you know, you're not the favorite to win. You know, we, we fought every game, um, but they did what champions do. And for us, I feel like a lot of the guys, you know, whoever's back next year, obviously we still relative, relatively have a younger to have a younger team. Um, I feel like we learned a lot this series, and uh, like I said, that's why that's why this was a blessing and a curse to play against this team in the first round. But no, I mean, we uh, like I said, we learned a lot, and you just try to build off of that. Obviously, this is a lot of our first times in a postseason. Um, you know, you got a taste of it. You got to feel what it was like to play against one a team who's a championship contender just about year in and year out, um, and you, you you take that and you build off of it. And you know what's crazy as we ease our way into the flow of this show? You know what, Zay? I almost shed a tear yesterday before this game. I understand. Very emotional, Lil, right? You know, Lil, is it really that serious? Um, Yes, it is. You know, because I was saying to myself, Game 7, Warriors and Kings. A very good team is going to go home. Okay, a very, very good team is going to go home, right? And it's unfortunate because I said the winner of this series, and I'm sticking by it, I believe is going to go to the finals. Okay, I said that to myself. All right, the Nuggets, I understand a lot of people feel that we are disrespecting them, and I do think they're going to beat the Suns, but I don't think they could run with the Kings. I don't think they could run with the Warriors, right? So I'm saying to myself, whoever wins this series is going to go on, and whoever loses this series is going to be kicking themselves in the butt because you know what? A good team was going to go home. And unfortunately, that good team was the Kings. And I think for me, when you talk about Kevon Looney, I want to start off there before I really get to where I want to really begin because we do have to give him some credit for his rebounds on the, on the boards, right? He continues yeah. to give the Warriors – bang for your buck type of production right he's not going to give you you know 20 points and 30 points right he's not offensively minded like a call anthony towns but what he does is give you rebounds right and that rhymes he does and i think when you talk about making eight million dollars 
He's literally at the bottom of the pay scale of centers. But yet, just like in this um game where he dominated Sabonis on the boards, right? 20-plus rebounds. Just like last year when he dominated the Mavericks, right? 20-plus rebounds in a couple games in that series. He's given the Warriors flexibility. And anybody could have had him. The Warriors are a luxury tax team. And any team could have said, you know what? Let me take a fly on Looney, get a cheap center to help my team. But yet nobody raised the offer. Nobody put out an offer. And the Warriors got a steal once again. And I think when you talk about that and you have the weapons that the Warriors have, you're able to have a guy like Kevin Looney, who I got to see grow up in this Warriors lineup. I remember when I first saw him, I was like, yo, this guy looked like a mummy. Like he's moving like a mummy. But now he's more assertive on the boards. And you can just see the evolution. And the Warriors... I understand they got Steph, I understand they got Clay, but the way how the development is going on that team and the guys that develop over time, even Andrew Wiggins, who we thought was a disappointment, we know how critical he was to the series last year, I think is a testament to the New Testament of the Warriors, right? But with that being said, you know, when we have our grandkids years from now, right? Plenty of years from now, we are not going to tell our grandkids Kevin Looney got 20 plus rebounds. We're going to tell our grandkids that Stephen Curry scored 50, okay, in a game seven. Something that he does, you know, a lot. Like, as far as the points he put up in big games, we need to give this guy his respect. And if I had to give you a takeaway right now, is that Steph Curry is the Michael Jordan of this era, right? Think about these numbers that I'm about to pull up in these big games. 40 points in game three against New Orleans in 2015. 38 points in game five of the 2016 NBA Finals. 40 points off the bench in Portland in 2016. Dropped 36 on Kevin Durant, game seven, 2016. 33 in the second half against the Houston Rockets. James Harden sent him home, 2019. Last year in the finals, 43 points against the Celtics in game four. And 50 points last night. I don't know why I'm about to say this, but I really feel like Steph Curry is the most underrated player in basketball. A lot of people, they look at the physical attributes. Oh, Giannis, best player in the world right there. Boom, right? Michael Jordan, he could jump the highest. It's not always about that. Scale comes in different forms. And we have never seen anything like Stephen Curry. The way how he revolutionized the game. Okay, say his name. It's Steph. And that's my biggest takeaway. Oh man, that was a hot take. Uh, Steph Curry, the most underrated player in basketball. That's kind of uh, that's kind of crazy. The most underrated. I mean, this guy's name is everywhere. To say underrated is kind of it's kind of bananas. I don't I don't know how you say that. Call him the this best shooter man, in the world. Like he's he made played. I think what thirty games last year, and then went to the All NBA first team. Like that's not underrated. That that man that man is praised. That man is beloved by everybody. Nobody has a bad not thing everybody. to say about Steph Curry. <laughs> not everybody. Has a bad thing to say about Steph Curry. Um, my biggest takeaway is that the Kings took the last year's NBA champions to seven games. They took one away from home against them, and then they, you know, they they played against a well-motivated, uh, very determined Stephen Curry in um game seven, who was not willing to go home. Well, he's not easy. He was going to make it easy for them, and he definitely put on an, a performance of a lifetime, something that people will definitely cherish, talk about, and will be on NBA.tv.com. <laughs> Um, for the foreseeable future, um, I think you know when you look at the Warriors, uh, the, this team is battle tested. Team has seen a multitude of Game Sevens, been to um NBA Finals, played against the best of the best, um, and they they know what it, what it means and what it, what they need to do 
in those crunch moments, primarily Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, and Draymond Green. Klay Thompson was one for 10 in that first half. Second half, he came alive a little bit more. Curry was really doing it all for that team until he really took it over in that fourth quarter. Uh, third, and the end of the third, fourth quarter, the beginning of the fourth quarter. You know, um, it was a great run by the Sacramento Kings. It gave the fan base a lot of hope. It gave the NBA something to see for their foreseeable future. They This is not the end of the road for them. This is not the the uh, the last building block, and they're going to blow it up. This is actually the beginning of a journey that they need to have. If you remember uh, quite some time ago when the Warriors were building something, they took some hardships. They took some bad playoff losses, game sixes, game seven losses that led them into a, a furious run. And maybe this loss to the um, Golden State Warriors would put them, the Sacramento Kings, on that same path of dominance, of showing that they are the next team to beat in the Western Conference. And it all starts here. You know, it was a bad loss. I think Mike Brown got outcoached in that game seven, in my opinion. Um, didn't have an answer for Kevon Looney the entire playoff series in regards to rebounds, offensive rebounds primarily, which allowed um, second chance point opportunities. And that's the biggest thing. When you're allowing your team to get multiple possessions um, or you, multiple pos- uh, more possessions, you're going to get more points. And I think that's something that the Kings are going to look closely at with Sabonis and Alex Len as their, their primary bigs. I think Sabonis is great as the four. At the five, it's different especially in the playoffs. You saw a different caliber of basketball than Sabonis was accustomed to in this playoffs. I know it was his first um, with the Kings, so they're going to figure that out in the offseason. But all in all, fantastic effort by the Warriors, uh, by the Kings. And, you know, it was a great, valiant NBA championship um, pedigree by the Warriors. They showed their strength. They showed their stripes. They showed that this is what a real championship team looks like. This is what a real playoff team looks like. There's no such thing as adversity. And I think that's something that, that you could take away when you look at this game in particular. It was a fantastic game. I know this game is going to be, in, like I said, in the books for the ages. One quick stat, though. The last Western Conference team to beat the Warriors in the playoffs was the Los Angeles Clippers when Blake Griffin, Chris Paul, and DeAndre, um, DeAndre Jordan was there. I mean, look, right? What I mean, circling back to Steph Curry being underrated, obviously a lot of people give him the flowers of being the greatest shooter of all time, but very rarely do you hear him amongst, like, you know, the Magic Johnsons of the world. Do people even consider him top 10? I remember debating with Zach last year in the chat about who would you rank in the top 10 all time, Kevin Durant or Steph Curry, right? I'm just like, oh, is that really a question, right? Literally, Durant had to join Curry to get those chips that he got right he was in a way of um curry was in a way of kevin durant getting those chips so he joined him that's not even a question right now and i think we kind of underrate him in the all-time grand scheme of things maybe not you know i'm right now currently but i'm talking about all time we underrate curry for his greatness and i think that's something that when we reflect on years from now we're going to be like, listen, I was there. I saw it in my own two eyes. I saw Steph, you know, do the things that he did and accomplish, right, in this um life that we are presently right now. And I think for me to flip it, you know, for my second lap go round, talking about the Kings, look, they had their chances. They had their chances. You know, Clay Thompson, as you alluded to, he had struggled. Um, four of 19 from the field. Um, There was no other warrior between Wiggins, Clay Thompson, or Jordan Poole that shot at least 35% in that game from the field. Harrison Barnes in that game four, I believe. Yup, game four. He missed a wide-open three-point shot. That's the difference between that series being 3-1 and being 2-2, make a miss league. 
And I think for me, when you talk about everything that me and Fred, you know, told you on the show, when we debated, you know, who we think in Midway Point is going to win this series. First of all, I always had the Warriors winning in six. But then I said, you know, respectable seven. I'm going to go with the Warriors. It was all due to the championship pedigree. And I understand that may seem like a lazy analyst perspective, you know, championship pedigree, woohoo, right? It's not, you know, you're underanalyzing or you're overanalyzing. It's not about over and underanalyzing. It's about what the Warriors experience and how experience is a real thing. And that's in any type of profession, any type of sport. When you've been there before and you've been on that stage before, you can't assimilate that if you've never been. You can't, oh, okay, I think this is what's going to happen. No, you don't think nothing. When you did in that moment and they hit you, it's pressure. De'Aaron Fox had the worst game in the series at the worst possible time, right? That's the Warriors. The Warriors, the, the reason why the Warriors wanted them, Draymond Green went on the podcast, said we want the Kings. is not because they were sliding the Kings. Now, maybe they thought they were going to win a little bit earlier than seven, right? The Kings gave them all they had. But it was because they knew they had one special critical thing over them, which was experience. And if they were taken to deep waters, that experience and championship DNA was going to get flexed in time for them to move on in the series. And that's exactly what happened. And matter of fact, to even go further, when we predicted this series from the start, right, I said to myself and I said to y'all on the show that I believe the Warriors had more defensive upside than the Kings do. We know both teams defensively in the regular season was anemic. The Kings was worse. But I seen the Warriors in big moments make key defensive stops. When you think about last year in the finals, right? Yes, Steph Curry, I, I referenced that game four that he went off. But mm -hmm. that game five, 0 for 9 from the three-point line. Right, 0 for 9 from the three-point line, but yet they won the game by 10 because they forced Boston into 18 turnovers. Some mm -hmm. advised, some advised, right? And um, you talk about this one, Andrew Wiggins and, and Gary Payton coming back. I felt that they had more defensive upside, and clear they stifled the Kings in this game seven, and that's why they're moving on. You know, um, you know, it's the the Warriors definitely had a um interesting dynamic um in that game six game. That game six was where everything looked different than the Warriors are accustomed to. Like, you had them on the ropes. You're in your home. I thought you would have took them out. You know, and I think the Warriors not being reluctant to do so, it showed a lot of heart from the Kings. You know, they like you said, they gave them all they could possibly have in that game six. I think that's why we saw what that game seven that we saw, a team that was kind of, like, not defeated but tired. They were gassed. Physically, mentally, they, they couldn't withstand the pressures that the Warriors were giving them in that game seven because of, everything they gave in game six. Game six was really that game, you know, that if, like you stated, if there was a 3-1, 3-2 game six, I think the Kings would have won that, that series right there because that was everything they had for the Warriors. Um, you know, I think when you understand what it takes to, what it takes to have your backs against the ropes, um, knowing that this is a must win game, um, the Warriors are never to be counted out. The Warriors know the, they understand what it means to, to actually be down, to be up 3-1 and lose the lose the game and lose the championship. Um, the Warriors know what it means to be down 3-1 in a playoff series, come back and win it. So the, the, the Warriors team, and I'm talking about the core. I'm not talking about the Jordan Pools, Dante DiVincenzo's, Gary Payton Jr. I'm talking about the Clay Curry, Dre, Draymond, Curry. and yep. um, Kevin Kavon Looney. You know, those are the guys who who knew. They, they were in the trenches. They know what it means to come back and, and play tough-nosed basketball. And a lot of the young guys need to follow suit. You know, I'm tired of seeing – these mini clips of Jordan Poole arguing back and forth with his teammates, talking to coaches. Like, you need to, you know, take it back a little bit. Yeah, you won a championship last year. You were 
a, a big impact on the team scoring wise, but you're not Curry, Clay, or Draymond, or even Kevin Looney for that matter, or Wiggins. Like you're not impacting the game to the point where you're out assisting with defending, you're assisting with playmaking. You're a scorer, and you got to stop playing this much like this macho guy. Like you're the star player of this team. You know he needs to be able to listen. He needs to be able to listen to criticism. This is the most dire time to listen and adjust to criticism. And I think for him to be like um like shoving off Draymond, um talking back to coaches during the playoffs, that's not it. You know, and I'm tired of seeing clips like that because it's like, bro, are you here to win championships or are you here just to look good? Because like right now you're looking terrible and you're arguing with people like it's everyone else's fault but your own. You need to own up to your responsibilities, what you're not doing, so that their team could thrive, not so you could look good and and just feel better about yourself. Yeah, and I think that's what happens when you pay and overpay a guy like Jordan Poole, which, yeah, I said it, overpay. And that's what happens when you do get that contract. You do feel you walk with a little bit more pep in your step, a little bit more swag, a little bit more, um, yeah, I'm here. I, you don't need to talk to me because I seen that clip of him walking, you know, to the bench and Draymond Green, or I think he was walking to the locker room and Draymond Green tried to talk to him. He was blowing him off. You know, um, obviously – you referenced, well, you didn't reference, and we should have referenced that altercation that happened in summertime. You know, maybe that burned the bridge where he didn't want to listen to Draymond Green. But at the end of the day, I agree that you have to listen to these guys, these veterans that been doing it before you. And I think it's critical to their success. Jordan Poole is going to have to step his game up. I believe he shot like 30% from the field or something like that. And, um, you know, it's one thing when you talk about him making shots, right? Because Jordan Poole... He's very, I won't say he's neat at basketball. He's very sporadic, right? He'll throw up a lot of, you know, uh, rainbow shots. He doesn't defend well. The Kings had an easy time, you know, getting to the basket with him at the helm, right? Like, they was able to attack him and all that. But I think, you know, everybody's like, woohoo, when it goes in the basket, right? But when it doesn't go in the basket, you see him exposed. And that's exactly what I saw in this series, you know, and even for the better part of last year's run, right? When you minus some of the shots that he made at the buzzers in the finals or whatever, I saw a guy that I'm like, yeah, he ain't about it. Okay, calm down. He's not Stephen Curry, nowhere near. All right. And I think we are seeing that now. He's going to have to step his game up. And um, yeah, for me, and this is it for me. Um, Listen, I said the winner of this series was going to go far. I'm buying full stock in the Warriors to represent the wrestling conference in the finals, you know, until they show me otherwise, you know, you hit them with a left, you hit them with a right, you staggered them. The Kings staggered them. They found a way to adjust and win the game. And that's something that they have over the Lakers, right? They, they, they can go to the deep end and beat the Lakers, right? The Lakers are too inconsistent. I expect them to pack them up in possibly five games. Maybe I give LeBron James six because he's LeBron James. Um, the Nuggets, I don't think they can run with the Warriors. Um, uh, they run, they'll give they'll make Jokic really, really tied. Okay, they'll make Jokic really, really tied. So I'm gonna go with the Warriors to come out. I'm buying full stock in them, and that's where I'm gonna leave us with. Hey man, I agree with that. I think um the Warriors are gonna go far, maybe it goes to another seven, just based upon what the um what we're seeing from Reeves um and D'Lo the last game. If they could keep up at least some sort of intensity, I think it could go to seven just based upon I like the role players in the Lakers a little bit more than the role players in Golden State, not because of the names, but because of what I'm seeing performance-wise. I just think the Warriors' role players are very inconsistent to me, like not even on the offensive end. On defense, they just show the lack of hustle that they once had. I think Gary Payne is like the only guy that hustles back and forth on a consistent basis on, on in terms of defense. So I think um, 
for me i'll say it goes to seven but i do have the warriors winning that series as well please like and subscribe for all the up-to-date content we're, you've been slinging shows left and right slinging content left and right please don't miss anything if you do like subscribe leave a comment or leave a question something you may want to answer something you may have it's all ideas are great ideas nothing's a dumb question 